And hello, and welcome to episode 43 of Friends of the Show. I am Stephen W. Skinner, and this is the podcast where I get to know some of the nicest and funniest people from the internet. They are the Friends of the Show. This week's friend is Blaine Kapach, who is a comedy great and was truly great to talk to. Some nice and amazing, cool stories, amazing advice for those looking to get into the business. And this is one of my favorite episodes of the show. So I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. Now be sure to follow at FOTS Pod on Twitter to send your question for a future guest. Now, friends of the show, episode 43 with Blaine Kapach. Always have fun on stage, because if you don't have fun and the audience hates you, then nobody had fun. Bill Hicks. <laughs> Classic quote from Bill Hicks, comedian extraordinaire, gone too soon. Rest in peace. Great quote. Thanks for the quote, and welcome to the show, Blaine. Oh, thank you for having me, Stephen. All right. So, for the listeners, Blaine Kapach is a stand-up, a comedian of comedy, TV writer, and performer who has written on a lot of cool shows like Mad TV in the 90s and, more recently, At Midnight. Rest in peace. And he was host of... Mad TV in the 90s is great. I've never heard of it like that before. Mad TV in the 90s. Uh, And you were host of Beat the Geeks, a fun game show on Comedy Central. Uh, So, Blaine is a very funny joke writer on Twitter and off. And I'm more than somewhat excited to have him on the show. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you for having me, Stephen. I'm a, I'm a big fan of yours on Twitter as well. Oh, that's you are a, very sweet you're of you to say. You're a fun monster. I do enjoy the wordplay. All right, so maybe so this first part is like the get to know you. It's the uh, WTF section of the podcast. And fun, okay. funnily enough, you were already on the real WTF with Mark Marin. So anybody who, who wants the in-depth uh, <laughs> details, they can go and listen to that. Link in the show notes. He kept trying to get me to say bad shit about Carlos Mencia, but I wasn't wasn't biting. You didn't fall into his trap. <laughs> no, I, plenty of people have said bad stuff. I don't need to pile on. Yeah, because you wrote on Mind of Mencia as well. I didn't mention. I was on but... Mind of Mencia for season two and season three of four seasons. Pretty good. Yeah, that was. I mean, you know what? It was a. Uh, it was that was fun. Everybody's down on it. Whatever. I never really had a problem with him. I understand everybody's problem with him or whatever, but. The show was fun. Uh, I got, the producer was Robert Morton from The Letterman Show, so I got to hear Letterman stories. And Oh, that's my, so cool. Yeah, Letterman stories. Those are good. Yeah, you know, like uh, uh, we had – I was in an office with Ken Ober, the late, great Ken Ober, uh, the old uh, remote control host. Do you remember Ken Ober? Um, no, remote control. That was an MTV show, right? Oh, yeah, and Ken and I were, uh, were office mates, and on tape nights on The, the Mind of Mencia, Robert, everybody was running around like – assholes and robert morton would just come into our office and close the door and sit down and go i remember one time at 30 rock and then he would just tell <laughs> us letterman stories for 10 minutes and then he'd just sigh and get up and go over and do the uh, show. that's the best i love those people who just have so many stories and then they just pop in and whenever they hold court it's just you have to hang on every word yeah he's a good guy he's a good guy robert morton yeah very cool sounds like you know a lot of cool people in the biz a lot of, <laughs> a lot of good name drops and we just started <laughs> yeah oh yeah i'm gonna drop a lot of names tonight 
that's my favorite part of this show, getting people to drop names, and uh, we'll get more names as we go, I'm sure. So, yeah, we covered some of your writing credits, Mad TV, Beat the Geek at Midnight. I did a, uh, also did a blue-collar TV on uh, the CW, I think. That was, a, uh, that was a joint that was from the guys that produced Mad TV. Fax Bar and Adam Small produced uh, blue-collar TV. And that was on the WWB, you said? WWB, <laughs> yeah. I think the, the reason that show got canceled was the network went out of business. It became the CW, uh, right? But the, uh, it did. Uh, you know, that was, that was a lot of fun, actually, that show. And it was like, what, Foxworthy and Larry the Cable Guy and Bill Engvall. Yeah, the blue-collar dudes. Blue-collar dudes, yeah. It was nice. Uh, 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 I, have, I had no problem with that. They were, they were fun to work with. It was a fun show. Did you find out if you might be a redneck? <laughs> well, I, I did fuck a couple of sheep. And I remember looking over at Foxworthy. He was kind of giving me that look and then wrote something down. So I don't know if I was helping him out there or what. Helping him with some material. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's a good guy, that uh, uh, Jeff Foxworthy. Yeah, he was so huge uh, in that in that late 90s push, right? The, all those uh, blue-collar guys. That tour was okay. je- huge. Plus, like, he's like a, like worth half a billion dollars, that guy. Yeah, he got, he, he got in when the money was good. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Back when people still had it. That was so cool. So what about on the 90s Mad <laughs> TV? Any uh, good stories <laughs> from there? What was that like? Uh, well, you know, uh, I got hired. Pat and I were the first guys they hired. And uh, uh, we were working in uh, Baltimore at the Slapsticks Comedy Club. We had been living in San Francisco, but we flew back to Baltimore. And we did this phone interview with the producers of Mad. And they were like, oh, we love burn victim jokes. Oh, we're going to bring you guys in. So we, uh, so we went in. We wrote on the pilot. The pilot got picked up. I was on for four years, I guess. Patton left after season two. But uh, uh, that was fun. We were there for the whole – the whole – like the Artie Lang stuff, that whole first cast that was kind of moving around and – uh, I saw Artie in New York a couple of weeks ago, or maybe a month ago. I don't know. I'm, I'm getting too into the weeds on what time it was. But uh, uh, yeah, we saw Artie Lang lose his shit and spiral into addiction again just because they didn't want to let him go back home. Oh. So, I mean, he was just sort of homesick and had problems or whatever, but they just were not, were not uh, assisting him with anything. I feel like I've said too much. Oh, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> Artie's book. Yeah, but Artie, good. Artie was a great guy. He would pitch stuff, and and they would go, "We can't do that." Are you kidding? Nah, whatever. <laughs> He's a good guy. And then like uh, he did, I wrote a sketch, Babe Watch, with Brian Hart, a fellow Canadian. I don't know. Do you know Brian Hart? Not no. I it's thought me and Kent knew each other. I know. I should. I feel I'm losing my <laughs> Canadian cred here. <clears throat> uh, Hart was a uh, Brian Hart with two T's. He was a, a writer on Kids in the Hall, and okay. then he was a head writer on Mad. He wrote on. Jamie Kennedy experiment, which I was on for some reason, <laughs> and, uh, and then Blue Collar TV. And I think he wrote on The Tonight Show and stuff. But uh, uh, Hart and I wrote this uh, Babe Watch, which was Babe the Pig, and it was Baywatch. It was classic mad TV. Oh, we'll put Artie <laughs> in a pig costume and have him run up and down the beach and have big tit jokes or whatever. Uh, but then Artie was uh, uh, at the peak of his addiction, and he was scoring uh, drugs in his pig makeup. <laughs> It was great. So drug dealers are like, what the fuck? Wait, why am I hallucinating? Yeah, the drug dealer's got a funny story after that one. But, you know, Artie, Artie was a good guy. Yeah, he's very cool. Still and is, uh, yeah, I saw him on that. He's on that Pete Holmes show crashing uh, now. So he is. Good to Pete see Holmes him. Is funny. Have you seen him live? Yes, have. Uh, I saw. He's, a, he's very funny live. He's uh, good, there yeah. Was a, a bunch of guys came out here 
don't know, like five, six years ago, a bunch of guys you know, from Chicago, like Pete Holmes and, uh, and Kyle Kinane and Kumail, mm-hmm. uh, uh, all these people came out that were super, super, super funny and they just all took off. Yeah, now Kumail's on the Oscars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, you can do a lot worse than, than, uh, than what Kumail did, I think. Yeah, pretty good. So that was uh, you know, like I, a wave. Uh, oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, uh, it was like a wave of people making their way over from Chicago, right? That five years ago. It really was. It was a. Uh, it was a, a real exodus of super talent. Really, really funny guys. So, uh, hold on, I'm about to my. Sorry, my kid is asking. A pen? What kind of pen do you need? The black pen with the what? The black pen that was old. Uh, hey, why don't, why don't you ask mom? I'm I'm on the phone with Canada right now. Yeah, that's my that's my son Oliver. If you want to lure him into a van, shout out, <laughs> shout out to Oliver. He's yeah, like, he's a cute kid. Please, uh, we're just over at my. May I have my, a pen? <laughs> oh, sorry. What? <laughs> sorry, we're we're talking over each other. Go ahead. Uh, uh, hey, let's get back to Canada for a second. Uh, Michael McDonald died yesterday. Did you know Mike? Mike McDonald died. Yeah, Mike McDonald died. Oh, that's awful. Yeah, it's terrible. He was like a a, a huge Canadian power. Yeah, he was great. I've, and, uh, se- I've seen him. Yeah. So, uh, uh, yeah, I just wanted to uh, uh, offer my love and condolences to to Canada over your giant loss. He was Thank a very you. good guy. That was funny guy. Awful. I'm just finding out now. Heartbroken. Yeah, I love to be the guy on Twitter to be the first d- dude saying R.I.P. That's right. me. <laughs> hey, you hear Stephen Hawking died. I don't know if you heard that. Yeah, more to come about that later in the show. Oh, right, right, right. All right, so uh, you've been so you're writing on TV. That's very cool. I think a lot of listeners are really into the um, what it takes to you know make it in the biz, the, as the TV writing business or the uh, entertainment business. And as a guy who's been around, what do you got? What sort of advice do you got? Uh, uh, every day you're not on stage is a day you're not getting any better. So always try to write something every day. Like I, I haven't been right. I've written on a couple of things since at midnight finished, but for the most part, I just kind of try to do my own stuff. I'm working, uh, uh freelancing over at mad magazine and stuff, but it's, uh, it's just a matter of trying to write a little bit every day and it all adds up. It adds up. So uh, yeah. And, uh, I don't know. Ain't nothing to it but to do it. Isn't that the old blues musician thing? Yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah, you got to get out there. Yeah. You got to start doing it. So if any listeners are looking into it, just put pen to paper right now <laughs> after the yeah, podcast. The more, the more you write, the better a writer you are. Oh, that seems to make sense. That does make sense. It's, uh, I think I was, I was kind of lucky in that I got into Mad and that was a, a gateway to other, other shows and stuff. Uh, but I think once you get your once you get your foot in the door, all you have to do is be professional and work hard. And uh, if you're not a dick in the room, you'll work. You'll keep working. That's great advice. Don't be a dick. Yeah, <laughs> don't be a dick in the room because it's like I, I've I've been on a lot of shows where where writers will come in and everybody kind of goes, ah, okay, all right, see you in 13 weeks. Right. <laughs> you know they go away, but uh, uh, then again, you end up working with a, a lot of great people. Like everybody on the uh, the at midnight staff, absolutely fantastic. Yeah, I was Great just going to ask you, who uh, who are your top at midnight writers and guests? Um, one of my favorite Twitter people and comedy dudes is Demi, a DJ Bay. And oh, Demi, yeah, yeah, yeah. So oh, great. Demi. Yeah, he's the best. Um, so any good Demi stories? <laughs> uh, 
Oh, you know, he was in the pod. We had a thing. We had the digital pod, and it was all the guys that did the internet stuff. Okay. And uh, they were in a different building from us, and uh, uh, they weren't. They weren't writers, which is it sounds horrible, but like because they weren't in the writers' guild, they weren't. We weren't. We were kind of uh, kept away from each other, so that there wouldn't be any weird, uh, any crossover or or union overlap or anything. Right. So, so he would he would come over with uh, the gaggle of the old the uh, the pod guys, and uh, just kind of hang out. He was very quiet, very funny guy. And then uh, I think he left after season season two or three. But I love Demi. He's yeah, he's so good. And all of his uh, Twitter <laughs> jokes and internet stuff is obviously so funny. Yeah. That's why he got on there. <laughs> so everyone go check him out at Electro Lemon online. Yeah, do it. Do uh, it. I like a, I like a Nick Weiger. You know, Nick Weiger. All, I, yeah. I don't want to single out any yeah, of the yeah, writers yeah. As, as better than the other ones. But uh, Nick Weiger is fantastic on Twitter. Yeah, he's great. Uh, Jordan Morris, one of my favorite people, favorite writers, great guy. Check out Jordan Morris. Uh, Joe Randazzo was our head writer, uh, and he was, uh, he came from, uh, the onion and, uh, it could, could not be a, a better guy to work with really smart and funny. So, uh, Joe Randazzo is good. Joe R. I don't know what he is on Twitter. Joe R. Yeah. Randazzo or something. Yeah. Or Randazzo J, I think. Randazzo J. Uh, Jesse Joyce was a, he's a, uh, he's over at Kimmel now and he was, he wrote, uh, he was a big roast guy. He wrote it on the burn and he wrote for Greg Giraldo and stuff. I don't know if you heard Greg Giraldo died. I hate to break that news to you. Jeez, this podcast is just a bunch of bad <laughs> My <news>. God, <laughs> It's like the in memoriam, but yeah, Jesse Joyce was good. Uh, Chelsea Davidson. She's over at, uh, at the, uh, the Jordan Klepper show now. She was fantastic. Uh, Emily Fleming was there. Uh, Emily, Emmy, do you know Emmy Blotnick? Yep. Emmy Blotnick was on for a while, and she left to go do something, and we were all very, very bummed. She's terrific. Very but yeah, cool. Yeah, certainly. No, no, not hurting for talent over over there at all. Yeah, it was sad to see it end, but a crazy run, like 600-plus episodes uh, on that one. So, yeah, congratulations, and well done. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, it, was, it was great. And, and uh, I miss Hardwick. I really miss Hardwick. He was a great guy to work with, and you could not ask for somebody faster. Like he, he had an insane, uh, insane brain. That guy. I think and, uh, I worked with him uh, Web Soup back on G Four back in the day, and he's just the guy. Just I can't. He can read a joke off prompter without knowing what the joke is and hit all the inflections. He just he gets it. He really gets it. Yeah, he has a great uh, comedy brain. He really does. And he's a, and he's a, a good guy. I say good guy too much on this podcast, already, but, uh, <laughs> but he is, he's a he's a good person. He's good, and I, everyone I, check out his ID10T podcast. On the, yeah, if you never know. never checked him out. Chris Hardwick. He's a little guy with a, a little comedy empire. He's got a little podcast that I love listening to. So check him out. Yeah, he's good. Very very good. He's great. All right. Well, thank you very much for all those lovely name drops and the tales of writing. And now we get into your story, and this story is entitled Godzilla versus Little Richard. Oh, right, right. So back in the, I guess it was the 90s, back when I was working on Mad TV from the 90s, <laughs> uh, is that when the Godzilla movie came out? The one with Matthew Broderick where it looked like an iguana that had mutated? Yep, that was, I, think I think so. That was the late 90s. I think it was 99 or 2000. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, before the unpleasantness. It had that P. Diddy <laughs> song. Oh, right, right. Okay, okay. So uh, we were 
a bunch of us had gone out to see it. We were, we would all, uh, friends would go out and see movies. It was like me and Pat and Brian Posehn, Doug Benson, just Scott Arkman, just a, a, a cavalcade of uh, alternative comedy guys. We would just go out and see movies, whatever. And we were looking forward to this Godzilla movie because they had that ad campaign all over Los Angeles. His feet is, his foot is as long as this bus. Oh yeah. Uh, twice as tall as the Capitol Records building. So it's like, wow, this is going to be great. We all go to the Cinerama Dome, which is now the Arclight. We all go and see Godzilla, and it sucked. It was just out loud in three different colors. It was terrible. <laughs> and uh, we're all standing out in front of the Cinerama Dome, very quiet, bummed, and uh, trying to figure out, should we go get some food? Should we all go home? Should we get a drink? What do we do? We're all dejected. And this white limousine drives up sunset, just drives by. And the window goes down in the back, and little Richard leans out and waves and goes, Woohoo! <laughs> and the window goes up, and the limo just kept going up sunset. So he knew we were in trouble. He knew we were sad. He said, Terrence, Terrence, make a left. I think somebody needs me on sunset. <laughs> he drove, us, drove up sunset, and he cheered us all up. He's like that cat that goes into a hospital room the night before you die lays on your bed and makes your feet warm that's little richard that's my little richard story <laughs> that's amazing i did not know little richard was like an an omen of good faith or <laughs> he is he appears if you need him if you say him three times in the mirror he shows up and uh, uh gets sequins all over he gets a an, an he gets a notification whenever when someone's bummed out by the movie godzilla from <laughs> oh my god is matthew broderick is it is in production again get my shoes warmed up you know, uh, I was working on the Martin Short talk show back in the in the '90s again. Yes, and uh, 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 that was that was a lot of fun. It was it was his syndicated talk show that kind of came and went. But there was one day when Little Richard was one of the guests. I was like, "Fuck this! I'm going to get down and watch Little Richard rehearse." So I went down and I sat like in the front row, and there's Little Richard in his big grand piano, and he's running through this medley of stuff with his band, and in his band was Billy Preston. He's got Billy Preston on this big Hammond B3 organ. It's the fifth Beatle dude sitting right there. And Little Richard's kind of running stuff. And uh, the drummer was was for shit. He was being very polite to the drummer. But you can tell the drummer got really fired. Uh, <laughs> but I remember uh, during the rehearsal, Little Richard was wearing Beatle boots that were black velvet and diamond stripes. It would be a, like an inch of black velvet and then an inch of diamonds and an inch of black velvet and an inch of diamonds. It's like, holy shit, those fucking Beatle boots. Look at those boots. There's Billy Preston, like, wiping his hands over the B3, and it sounds insane. And then for the show, Stephen, mm -hmm. full diamond Beatle boots. <laughs> Get rid of those full diamond Beatle boots. Those are the practice Beatle boots only. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I got my practice boots on. Uh, oh, I was in – I just remembered this. Sorry. We had B. Arthur on the show, on the Martin Short show. And we were doing a thing where uh, they – she was getting a Tony Award for I think MAME. I forget what she was in that she didn't get the Tony for that she could she, – she got robbed for a Tony. So we were going to do a thing where she finally gets this Tony Award. And they go, OK, we're going to put you, meaning me, we're going to dress you like her, her boy toy. <laughs> you know, put me in a wig and a tuxedo and I'm going to – they're going to plant me in the crowd with B. Arthur. And then when she gets her name called, they're going to cut to me. And then they wanted me and B to just full on French, <laughs> start making out and everything. And then I will walk her down to the podium and she would do her bit. 
So we're running over the bit with B, and B goes, no kiss. Okay, fine. <laughs> sure, okay. I, I understand that. So we're sitting in the – they plan us in the audience, and the audience doesn't really see us. And then they go, uh, and the winner is B. Arthur. And she goes, oh, my God. And I help her down because she can't walk that well. And uh, the place goes apeshit because it's B. Arthur from Golden Girls and Maude and all that stuff. And uh, I walk her down. She does the thing. And then we have to do it again for safety. I'm sorry if I'm babbling. Uh, we have to do it again for safety. So they plan us back up in the audience again. And this time the audience is like, it's B. Arthur. Oh, my God, it's B. Arthur. <laughs> so everybody is uh, everybody's leaning over going, B, oh, my God, you, I love you on the Golden Girls. Just to go, and she's like, oh, thank you very much. Oh, B, you are so terrific on Maude. I love you. You're, you're great. Oh, thank you so much. And she's just thanking everybody. And finally, I, I got got to say something. I love B. Arthur. So I leaned over and I said, B, I just have to say, I, I, I loved you on Maude. My parents would, would watch Maude every night and I'd watch it with them. And I just remember watching my parents laugh. And I just wanted to say thanks. And she looks at me, she goes, what? <laughs> that was it. That was my <laughs> I wasn't paying attention. Ah, what a great tale. B. Arthur. You, you were so close to getting to first base with B. Arthur. Oh, man. I would have been B plus Arthur. Mm-hmm. would have been A. Arthur. you asking me, A plus. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that was great. I love the bonus uh, stories that just branch out. You probably got a million, but we got to keep the show rolling. And this segment we're getting into is called Talking Twitter. Now, it says here that you have oh. been on Twitter since April 2010. Almost. Yeah. Eight Jonah Ray made to get on. Oh, it was Jonah Ray. Shout out. Ray con- uh, convinced me to get to get on Twitter. Jonah Ray Rodriguez. And- Rodriguez. Yeah, very nice. <laughs> very proper pronunciation of Rodriguez. Very uh, yeah, good. and check him out. Uh, Mystery Science Theater, the reboot. Okay. I have nothing but good things to say about Jonah Ray. He is a, a, a goddamn genius and a wonderful guy. And another dude from the uh, Hardwick podcast. Oh yeah, yeah. That's where I first uh, uh, got to know him. Uh, I, you know, I knew uh, I knew Jonah from stand up. Uh, just a just a young funny guy. He was the first guy I ever saw do the uh, uh, hit the premise about getting pushed into a pool at the at a party and then it ruined your phone. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he was the first guy I ever saw land on that one. But uh, we all worked in uh, uh, on Web Soup, which was that Chris Hardwick show on G Four. Uh, which was kind of like a, a better Tosh, right. which would be which would be any Tosh. Okay. Uh, but the uh, I'm kidding, I'm not down on Tosh. But it was me and Jonah Ray and Mike Henry. I don't know if you Mike Henry Fo- follow Mike Henry on Twitter. He's super funny. That guy, one of the funniest writers. He had the best joke on Web Soup, which was, uh, "Hey, uh, sports fans are a lot like sporting goods stores. If they're not sports authorities, they're dick." Which is a perfect joke. <laughs> Uh, so follow Mike Henry. Maybe that wasn't the joke. Drop. Uh, but yeah, just uh, sitting in a wireless office next to the La Brea Tar Pits with Jonah and just him listening to the Lemonheads all day long. And then, uh, why are you on Twitter, Blaine? I don't want to get, I don't, I don't, I'm sick of the Facebook thing. Oh, you should get on Twitter. No, I love it. Yes, and you're great on it. So thank you to Jonah for getting you out here. Yeah, eight years in now almost. Oh, Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> We're old. All right. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, Jesus the next huh. question is, what has been your most memorable interaction over these eight years on Twitter? Probably interacted with some cool accounts along you, the way. Do you know what I do is uh, uh, I, 
I think one of the best things I read on Twitter was early on to some some rando just said, I like Twitter because Twitter makes my friends my idols and my idols my friends. I really like that. Oh, that was a, a, a good way of putting it. Yeah, uh, but, that's good. My friend uh, uh, Matt O'Brien had a joke. He was like, um, it's the only website where you can like yell into Shaq's pocket. <laughs> <laughs> Dude. Yeah, it's uh, the thing I let – the thing that I do and this is – this makes me sound like a fanboy asshole, but if I if I check likes or whatever, or if somebody if I check likes and retweets, uh, if somebody that I'm a fan of retweets me or likes something, I will screen grab it. Yep, <laughs> I have a big file of screen grabs. Like, like uh, Steve Albini retweeted your tweet. Steve like, oh, <laughs> Albini, oh my god. Uh, Michael McKean. Michael McKean. Like, yep. I mean, he's a uh, he's so great on Twitter, and whenever I see that he likes something that I did, I'm like, oh my god, Michael McKean. Me too. Uh, me too. I have, uh, yeah, I got the screen grabs as well. I got the Michael McKean uh, screen grab. <laughs> got the Blaine Capatch screen grab. A lot of good screen uh, grabs. You know what I did this morning is I went through and I screen grabbed some of. I started going through your your account because because uh, uh, I'm such a, a fan of your puns and stuff. What did I, okay. Which one did I get that I liked? Uh, Bachelor is fine, but the Mozartler would be better. It's more of a print <laughs> joke. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's a good one. Uh, you're not afraid to use puns, which I love. All not, proceeds not go. <laughs> All proceeds go. I I was like, even if nobody gets it, I, I like this one, so I leave it up. Some of them, you know, some of the bombs I will delete, but if it's if I still think it's good even though it bombs, I'll leave it up. Yeah, that's what I do. I'm like, you know, I kind of like that. Do you uh, do you do you draft stuff and then sit on it all day and then uh, uh, move words around? I do use the drafts, but uh, only it's it's usually the better ones sort of come fully formed, and then you can just sort of you know type it out and send it. But if there's something that it needs to be edited or whatever, they have a few uh, on the go, uh, and I usually drop them sort of the same time every day. Like I have set Twitter breaks so i don't uh, i'm not on it all the day all the time so i can just like pop pop on during my specific time of twitter uh and then you know check check in on all my my pals and drop a tweet and then get back to work when that time is over i got kind of pulled into that seth abramson loop you know seth abramson right yes he's the guy that's uh he's a He's like a professor guy and he's sort of doing – he does these long threads about whatever's happening with Trump. Yeah. And uh, I got pulled into a couple of those because he'll start these long like 90 tweet threads about something and you're just sitting there waiting for him to tweet <laughs> the next thing. It kind of reminds me of what it must have been like back in like the David Copperfield days you know, or the Charles Dickens days where people would – sit around and like wait for a ship to come from England with the latest chapter of uh, – <laughs> You know, some weird shit, but I don't have to go to the dockyards. I can just sit in my apartment in my underwear. Yeah, or you're waiting for, like, the afternoon edition <laughs> of the newspaper to tell you yeah. what's going on. I always love seeing guys with newspapers. It's always old guys like, wow, so analog. Print media. Still, Look at still alive. Times. It's a hard copy of what happened three days ago. And you get those inky fingers? Yeah. Uh, don't miss it. Don't miss it at all. Don't miss it. We're on to digital. So do you, um, do you check news sites on sort of like an, a digital device? Like when you wake up, you go to the New York times dot org or whatever. <laughs> I only have two articles remaining on New York times. So. <laughs> oh yeah. Behind uh, the paywall. 
Yeah, you know, I uh, uh, I kind of I get up and I just I do a Twitter sweep and I do a news sweep and then I get really upset and I get in the shower and I try to think of what I'm going to tweet about Trump and then I don't <laughs> tweet it and then. Yeah, it, usually what I do is, is I'll tweet a lot of angry or I'll, I'll write a bunch of angry stuff and then I just delete it and write something stupid. And that's usually w- what makes me happy. Yeah, that's a good uh, that's a good trick. Um, writing it down just to get it out and then you can exactly. delete it. You don't have to post it. I think a lot of people yeah, don't you, know that. You, post, you don't. And here's another thing. If you misspell something, delete it, retweet it. You're allowed. Yeah. Yeah, you're allowed to fix it. We don't need an edit button because that just wouldn't make sense. But you can no. delete and retweet. You're allowed. Yeah, you know, if you had an edit button on Twitter, people would. Uh, my wife is in animation, and there's a term that they use called frame fucking, <laughs> which, is, which is guys that get so into every frame. They're like, okay, I got to get the shadows right here. We're going to move this. Oh, you know what? If we get this a little, little, little more contrast over here, it's like, dude, you have – 500,000 more of these frames to do before <laughs> Saturday, so you should... Yeah, that's, that frame is like 1 16th of a second or whatever. Yeah, nobody know, nobody sees it but you. You know, it's nice that you're invested in it, but yeah, you don't have to, you don't have to edit all your tweets. That's what Facebook is for. They that's have what Facebook is that. for, exactly right. And sort of that's the same thing when I started Twitter, or before I started Twitter, I was like, why would I need just a Facebook status update machine when I can just go on Facebook and see status updates? But it's yeah. it's, it's so much more than that, Blaine, right? It's a community, it's news, it's uh, jokes. It is, you know, it, it's, it's people that complain about Twitter, It's it's like, complaining about overhearing other people's conversations when you're out in public it's just this is the way it is now <laughs> yeah. this is how people, this is how the world communicates and if you don't like it go back to lancaster pennsylvania and churn some butter because that's how it works that's right all right very good okay so how about any uh, weird things that have happened uh, have you ever been trolled by anyone or anything trolled uh uh, you know, no, not really. I, yeah, every now and then you'll say something and somebody will come on and go, hey, fuck you, uh, you're not funny. And then you just block them. Who cares? There was one guy, I guess, that uh, I said something and then some guy attacked me on Twitter for no reason. Oh, you're not funny and just started yelling at me. And I'm like, what the fuck? And then I went over on Facebook and he was yelling at me on Facebook. Oh, my God. And uh, uh, But he was, using his, uh, he was using his work program. Whoops. So I just – uh, he was uh, in, working for some insurance, like Delta Insurance. So I just forwarded everything back to Delta with his quotes and said, "Hey, buddy, <laughs> nice. know, never heard from him again." Yeah, that's I, that's I, a good I, way of handling I, it. I don't know. I'm fine with handling it like that. Yeah, I, it's like I don't want to dox people. Usually, if if people say something mean to me, I uh, I'll I'll say, "Hey, go fuck yourself," and then I leave it up long enough, and then I block them. Yeah. But usually, uh, uh, I try to be very friendly on Twitter. I don't want to be a. I mean, you don't want to walk into a you don't want to walk into a like a Buffalo Wild Wings and start. Hey, what? Nobody's <laughs> funny. So you want to be polite to people. You want to be nice to people. And then after a while, if you find out that person's a jerk, then you can adjust your attitude accordingly. That's true. It is a lot like a Buffalo Wild Wing. <laughs> it really is. And you get. I don't. What flavor wing should I get? Should I get the uh, angry libtard wings? Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Oh, I'm going to get the uh, the snowflake cuck wings. <laughs> snowflake cuck wings. Uh, cuck, sure uh, we're out of the cuck wings. I can't believe you're out of the cuck wings. It's cuck new. wings. <laughs> it's, game's about to start. 
right. <laughs> um, I do recall one troll that you trolled me on. I think you quote tweeted one of my uh, tweets, and you're like, "The following people are fired." Steven oh, yeah, Skinner. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I have I have stock lines I use on Twitter. That's one. That's a, a line I use when I really like a joke that's really bad. That's like a moan joke. It's like the following people are fired. Steven Skinner. That's perfect. That's a Simpsons yeah. reference from when the Germans take over. I guess. Yes. Yeah. Then uh, it's also like a uh, sorry. It was a good sorry. one. <laughs> no, it was a good one. I thought my kid was walking back to us. All right. Shout out to Oliver. And I enjoyed it. So thank you for trolling <laughs> me on that one. Okay. A couple more questions about Twitter. Who would be your dream follow back? Was it someone that you currently follow who doesn't follow you back? Oh, you know what? I don't know. I don't know who follows me or who no. follows me back. All right. I don't really. I don't, yeah, I don't really pay attention. I'm always shocked to see that, like, like I said, when I saw that Steve Albini was was like mowing my tweets, I'm like, "What? Wow, Steve Albini follows me? That's that's very strange." But apparently, he's like a big comedy guy. Steve Albini is a big fan. So, uh, uh, more power to him. Yeah, very cool. Okay, so here's a follow up, a little bit uh, wider spread of the question. It's the ultimate dream follow back. Now, this is any person. Real or fictional, living or dead, who would you want to have you fo- uh, follow you on Twitter? Oh, uh, Anton Van Leeuwenhoek. So many questions. Okay. Is that a scientist, I'm guessing? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure of that reference. The micro- he invented the microscope. Oh, um, uh, Leeuwenhoek. Uh, <laughs> right, uh, he right, invented right. the microscope scene. Um, uh, 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 I'll give you a couple seconds when you Google that. <laughs> yeah, uh, feel like I would get kicked off, beat the geeks <laughs> in dramatic fashion <laughs> for not knowing that. You know, I was surprised at uh, at the uh, the level of knowledge on Beat the Geeks. It was pretty surprising because, like, when uh, they had a Simpsons geek on Beat the Geeks, a guy who just knew nothing but Simpsons stuff, uh, a real savant, and uh, I was like, you know, I'd make a good Simpsons geek. This was like years ago, back yeah. when I still watched The Simpsons, and it was like I could be a good Simpsons geek. And uh, James, one of the producers, said, "Okay, what's the name of Ned Flanders Barbecue?" Ooh. Do you know? Uh, no. Propane Lane. <laughs> Propane Lane. And you got to know all that shit. You have to know all the minutia, every minutia uh, that you can get, right? Because that's how you yeah. get a uh, geekdom. Although, you know, uh, you've got to know all that stuff, but the Beatles geek didn't know Hamburg. He was like, I don't know, uh, Amsterdam? What? No, they played in Hamburg for years. You didn't know Jeez. Cavern Club, right? Yeah, didn't know Ringo? He was the drummer. <laughs> You're like, I only know Pete Best era. <laughs> yeah, I was only into their early stuff. <laughs> so thank you for answering all the Twitter-related questions I have, and now we get okay. in I, to I the I was okay. I'm not really, a, uh, not really on top of Twitter minutia as much as I should be. No, that's okay. I was wondering which of these those questions would hit or miss uh, because you're sort of in a different echelon than uh, a lot of my guests. But um, now we get in to your tweets. So would you like to share your selection of the tweet that you have chosen of your own tweets? Uh... (laughs) all right uh, <laughs> um so this is a recent tweet it's from this week uh march 14th 2018 and 1481 people are talking about this <laughs> so the tweet is lou gehrig says i'm gonna live to be 37 stephen hawking says hold my beer lou gehrig says i can't 
Hey, yo. <laughs> <laughs> Good night, everybody. Just a couple Pop of... It's coming up in a couple couple minutes. Sit tight. Rest in peace, all those guys. Um, yeah, I saw this. <laughs> I, I thought I was, I, was, uh, I was sort of bracing myself for some backlash against making fun of Stephen Hawking or whatever. I got a little bit of that, but I thought it was a little bit... I thought it was a tribute to Stephen Hawking, the fact that the dude lived to his 70s yep. with Lou Gehrig's disease. Incredible. Yeah, and he was, he was a good guy. I, I, I talked to uh, Dana Gould yesterday. Yeah, there's a name for you. Yes. The dating my sister-in-law. Uh, and uh, he was uh, – Dana Gould, of course, was on The Simpsons. Mm-hmm. And he said that when Hawking would come in, it was like the Beatles were there. Everybody would try to get a look at him. But then after a while, he was there all the time. It's like, does he work here? Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, I heard he was, uh, he was a regular at the table reads. He would just like show up. He, he was, and he had, a, he had a joke. <laughs> Dana said he had a joke. It was a, a – I guess uh, F3, he would just hit it and go, you're standing on my arrows. <laughs> oh, my God. The dude has his, he has, has his stock lines already programmed. Yeah, I wish I had a, just hit F3, F3 and just a joke comes I don't out. come down to where you work. Uh, hey, do you do stand-up, Stephen? Um, not really. I mean, I have done, uh, but it was years ago. It was like a six month window where I, uh, open mic'd it, uh, around Toronto and general area. But then I got married and I have not done it since. <laughs> oh, oh, well, how long you, uh, so what married under a year? So no, uh, four years. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, oh, congratulations. Well, thank you very yeah. much. Did you, did you not, did you not like stand up? You know, you, uh, I did like it and it went well. Uh, he got like the first, uh, open mic I did, someone like booked me on one of their shows after that. Uh, and you know, I did, you know, a, a few, maybe like a dozen, uh, or so sets. Uh, yeah. And it was great. And I did want to keep doing it, but then sort of like, uh, we got married and then we moved into a house. I moved out of, uh, the city. So now I'm in Hamilton. It's a, oh, it's a, not I love Toronto. It. Oh my God. All my friends have seen that town and they are raving about it. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's a uh, shout out to Lin-Manuel Miranda from Hamilton. Uh, yeah. So I have not done it in many years, but I'm, you know, I'm, I got the itch. I do want to go back and do it again. Actually, I was at a show like a house comedy show this week and just kind of, you know, feel the itch to go and do it again. I do. Yeah, you know, uh, you can stop doing stand-up, but stand-up never stops doing you. You always kind of want to do it. You can't get out of it. I think that's it. So, yeah, I, I, while I haven't done it, I've always just <laughs> felt the drive. And I tell people, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to get back out, but I still have not done that. It's uh, ain't nothing to it but to do it, man. And maybe this is just the inspiration I need to get yeah, out yeah, there. Toronto is a, a great comedy town. I, like, I know so many great – I've worked with so many wonderful Canadians and there's so many funny Canadian comedians. You should you're living in a uh, you're living in a gold mine. You should go out all the time if you can. It's true, and perhaps I will, Blaine. Perhaps I will. Yeah, you're you're a great writer. Just go up and read your jokes. It's it, once you log enough flight hours, it'll all start uh, getting really casual and and easy. Yeah, that's what I need to get to the comfort level. Uh, I remember when I started. I started in '85 in Baltimore. And I would drive down from my house in Pennsylvania every every night to see the the shows because it was like this is back in the boom mm. when it was like you know Bill Hicks and and Jonathan Katz and Rita Rudner and all these people were you know like Kevin Meany everybody was was coming through and uh, I went down to see Will Durst and uh, I was driving down Charles Street and I see Will Durst walk into the club I pulled over I go hey are you Will Durst he goes yeah I go hey I'm going to see you get in I'll give you a ride you're not gonna kill me are you no no get in get in. <laughs> So uh, I'm talking to Will, and we've been friends ever since. But uh, uh, 
he said, uh, so you do, he's got a cigarette. So you do, uh, you do comedy. How long have you been doing comedy? I said, ah, you know, I started a few months ago. I've, you know, I've been doing, you know, seen a few, he goes, have you done it a hundred times? I said, no, not yet. He said, you're an embryo. <laughs> yeah. It was great. He was, he was a, a good guy. That's great. So, yeah. You got to get those, the life lessons, people telling you to stick with it. You got to do it. You just got to keep doing it. It's like that Bill Hicks quote. That was, uh, I was a friend of Bill's. Bill would come through Baltimore whenever he was through, we'd go have lunch and stuff. And he always told me, he was like, just if you, you got to have fun on stage. If you don't have fun and they hate you, then nobody had fun. That's <laughs> not hedonism to enjoy what you're doing. Yeah. You know, and the more you do it, the more you understand what you're doing, the less you rely on what the audience gives you back. If you know what you're doing, you don't really need the feedback. Although you got to get laughs if you want to get booked. That's true, man. That's <laughs> such a great, yeah. Great advice. Uh, so cool that you got to, to pluck his mind for like that. He, uh, he told me, uh, he said, uh, the best advice for any comic is, uh, never leave Dick Island. <laughs> right. Like you, know, you can, uh, you know, the audience is, they're adults. They're drunk. <laughs> they want to hear people say fuck. They want to hear people talk about sex and shitting and all that stuff. So it's like, uh, you know, you can you can swim away from Dick Island. You can kind of get out there and paddle around the water <laughs> a little bit, but don't get too far out because once they start yelling shit at you, you're going to need to swim in and get the dicks out. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to pass the Dick Island coral reefs. That protects. <laughs> no, no. You know they uh, uh, they dump a lot of old uh, army surplus tanks <laughs> out there and let all the open micers kind of like team around them and use them as a as a home. Great diving off of Dick Island. <laughs> <laughs> a lot, a lot of snorkeling. Snorkeling's funny off Dick Island too. <laughs> snorkeling off Dick Island is great. <laughs> <laughs> snorkeling off Dick Island. All right, Don't so um, now we guard. get into, <laughs> now we get into the my pick of Blaine's tweets. And it is as follows. The only good thing Hitler ever did was kill Hitler. Is that mine? That is one of your most popular tweets. Only good thing Hitler ever did was kill Hitler. It was from August 12th, 2017. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was a good time. uh, I think I tweeted that, and then after that, I think I've seen variations on that. I know I can't have been the first guy to land on that one. Maybe not, but I, I will. I will happily admit that I'm not taking credit for that one. Okay. Well, but I'm, but I, I, uh, I'm, not, I'm not saying I'm a loosey goosey thief either. All right. Well, um, I've got one that you definitely didn't. Uh, hey, I'll tell you one thing. If, if, sorry, sorry to talk over you. Right. If uh, I am of the school, if somebody goes, "Hey, I uh, somebody already did this joke," I usually go, "Oh shit," and I delete it. Uh, it's very rare that I'll go, oh, fuck it, I, this is my joke, I'll leave it up. Yeah, that's the best I'm way to handle it, like, just write a different one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like Jay Leno said, I can write faster than the, than the, the thieves can steal it. That's but it's perfect. like, sometimes it's like you write a tweet, it's like, ah, I feel like somebody had to have done this joke. And like, you can kind of like look up keywords and stuff, but for the most part, it's like, ah, whatever, I'll just put it out. Yeah, and if you're framing it a certain way uh, in your own voice kind of thing, you know, you still thought of it, even if other people thought of it also. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's parallel thought. There's a a lot of people – that's the thing about Twitter too is you find out how many people are thinking the exact same thing. Yeah, the low-hanging fruit jokes, uh, you know, you'll search it and they'll just be endless, (laughs) endless numbers of tweets that have it. So, yeah. You know, I stopped playing hashtag games 
especially when I was on, on the at midnight thing, because I love hashtags. They're just fun. They're fun. It's just like a speed bag of jokes. But, uh, it would be like, I would, you know, I'll, I'll write down like, uh, uh, you know, Ron Broward or whatever the, <laughs> the joke is. <laughs> Uh, and then somebody will go, um, and then they'll have the screen grab of their joke, which is like 10 seconds before or yeah. whatever. And somebody I don't follow saying that I stole a joke of theirs, whatever. It's not, okay. it's just after a while you just go, oh, fuck it. I'm not going to bother. Yep. All right. Well, I do have a backup, uh, blank patch tweet that I can share. Then this one is not stolen or <laughs> parallel thought because it is this proctologist. What a horrible asshole. Me. Oh my God. Proctologist. Sorry, I was talking about Trump. Your asshole is fantastic. <laughs> Your uh, asshole is fantastic is a great punchline. Uh, 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 yeah, I, mm, you know, I feel bad doing Trump jokes because I don't want to get I don't want to get pulled into the simple stuff. That was it was difficult working on at midnight because after a while it just how many ways can you come up with saying somebody is an orange asshole you know yeah how many yeah. jokes it, it, after a while you just get angry and plus we burned out all of our trump jokes before he got elected it's, and then it's uh, yeah. and then we were live the night he got elected and that was just people crying yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> it's like, oh, how are we going to come up with some more jokes about rotting cantaloupe with a toupee what are we going to call it oh, jesus christ because everybody Everybody on every media platform is doing every variation of every Trump joke all the time. That's like, yeah, there's one subject that is being mass joked about by everybody. And where is the new ground? It's that's impossible. Yeah. And I mean, it's it's everybody is kind of trying to work through it, I guess. But it's, I've found that, like, if I talk about Trump, I don't talk about Trump on stage. If I'm doing a stand up set, I don't go near it i might i might glance by it but the minute you say trump on stage people go ah like they remember yeah like oh shit my windows are down and it's raining yeah i came here to forget yeah exactly and there's there's other guys that are excellent at doing trump stuff and talking about politics on stage it's like i will i will i would love to defer to those guys let those guys talk about it because mm -hmm. i just want to go up and do dumb jokes about jim croce and snorkeling you know, on dick Island. Island. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I never, yeah. I just want to go, go, go boarding off of dick. <laughs> All righty. Now we get into your picks from others. So these are some new Twitterers that I had not uh, known before. So the first one is from Nathan W. Pyle at Nathan I will say W. This Pyle. Before, can I say this before you read it? Yep. This is a, a perfect joke. Okay. This is a perfect joke from Nathan W. Pyle. And it is this. Me. Waiter, this soup is cold. Waiter, it's gazpacho. Me. Gazpacho, this soup is cold. <laughs> <laughs> it really is a perfect joke. Nathan, you did I, it again. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, uh, I uh, kind of went through Twitter and was like, did somebody – I search gazpacho and waiter and all this stuff it's like that guy got to it first it's amazing amazing joke yeah, yeah. and somebody responded to him too that made me laugh so hard uh said uh but doctor i am gazpacho <laughs> classic callback classic callback little pagliacci riff pagliacci speaking of pagliacci the next mm -hmm. one is from colin space twinks at space twinks on twitter and his tweet is this 
Doctor. Treatment is simple. Go see Orville. Very funny clown. Pagliacci. What about the Pagliacci? Doctor. Pagliacci? Man, I could not name a more suck-ass clown. Pagliacci. Doctor. Just downright dog shit of a clown. (laughs) (laughs) Just downright dog shit of a clown. It's just imagining Pagliacci sitting in the waiting in the doctor's office like with his sleeve rolled up. <laughs> so sad. So sad. So sad. Pagliacci. That's a great ref. Uh, All right. No, look, Pedam. Oh, you know, uh, uh, here's an old tweet. <laughs> I just remembered. Uh, yeah, I was supposed to be in the uh, Lepetomane biopic, but they cut my fart. <laughs> I thought you'd like that one. Come on. Pedamane. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> listeners are it's a joke, it's a joke i heard uh uh it's a dad joke uh hey what's the best thing about switzerland steven i don't know what is the best thing about switzerland well the flag is a big plus hey <laughs> that's fantastic yeah that's i always a- thought their flag should be neutral colors or like uh like beige yeah beige <laughs> like a kind of a kind of a, a bone yeah beige and bone. an off-white I- and eggshell Uh, Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, that was a great one. Those are two great picks. And we do have a bonus third tweet that you have selected. And it is from our good pal, Kimmy Monte. And I also want to give a shout out to her pug, Nibs, currently recovering from surgery. Oh, no. All right. So the tweet from Kim is, every squirrel you see is currently on a dare from another squirrel. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. It makes every squirrel you see funny for the rest of your life. And we have a lot of them here, so there's a lot to look at. So, great pick. And you actually said that this is your favorite tweet from 2017. It really was. Like I said, it, it's uh, now whenever I see a squirrel, I think of that tweet, and I imagine <laughs> the other squirrel going, all right, I need to run across that phone line. Yeah. As fast as you can. I want you to look like a, like a, okay, I want you to get as close to that kid as you can, and then run. <laughs> yeah. It's true. They're, they're doing that some weird shit out there. They are. All right. Well, that concludes our Twitter quest, the Twitters, and now we get into everyone's favorite segment, questions from Twitter. So thank you to everyone who has sent in a question for Blaine at FOTSPod on Twitter. And the first question comes in from Thomas Brendel, the anagram wizard, and his question is Blaine Kapach, mm-hmm. anagrammed as Capable in Chat. Mm. And he asks, do you have any advice uh, for how to have an interesting conversation with a stranger? Really, the only move I've got is anagramming their name. <laughs> uh, well, a uh, good way to start a conversation with a stranger is uh, asking if they know the about the comedy of Captain Bleach. Captain Bleach. That was your uh, anagram of your own name. It is. Pretty good. How'd you miss that one, Thomas? <laughs> yeah, try that one, Tom. Try that one. Another thing to do is maybe uh, just be yourself. Try to relax. Oh, that's just good advice. <laughs> also, never leave Dick Island. Just always stay on Dick Island. That's where... Uh, <laughs> yeah, we have a summer place on Dick Island. All right, so the next question comes to us from Michael at home underscore halfway. Uh, he's a big Twitter and a friend of the show, and he asks, Hey, Blaine, any chance of rebooting Beat the Geeks someday? Yeah. You know, I see the geeks a lot. You still They've see the geeks? About it. I, I see the geeks. I haven't seen Paul Goebel. Paul, Paul moved to Tucson, I think. Uh, I see Mark Hoyk, 
who's the uh, the movie geek. I see him a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I see Andy Zachs, the music geek. I see him every now and then. But uh, yeah, there were there was a little talk about it. I think that that show went away because Comedy Central just didn't like game shows that much. Mm. And uh, and Mark Cronin, one of the producers, went on to do the Surreal World, so he doesn't really need to come back <laughs> <laughs> back to beat the geeks. He's dude, farting through silk. He got paid. <laughs> yeah, he's rapping Aston Martins around phone poles. He's fine. <laughs> Uh, we tried to do a college tour with beat the geeks where we went out to, uh, uh, we did like Santa Barbara. I think we did like St. Louis or something. We went to the NACA convention and tried to do a NACA thing, but we would go out and do like live, live shows. We'd pull people out of the audience and I would have to write all the questions and shit. And that just, it just didn't work out, but it was fun. Well, shout out to all the geeks. They still have their signature looks like long hair and sideburns and all this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Paul Goebbels still has his bib. (laughs) (laughs) It made a a big glossy bib for him because he would just sit around eating like chicken wings between takes and getting grease all over his robe. Oh, yeah, because they had uh, geeky robes that they wore. (laughs) Yeah, they all look like they were in, you know, some sort of Planet of the Apes sequel. Yeah. They look like they uh, were on the early Star Trek. <laughs> yeah, the big throbbing head veins and stuff. We, you know, we had Dana Gould on as the Planet of the Apes geek uh, for one show, and nobody picked him because <laughs> nobody knew Planet of the Apes. <laughs> I guess it's a it's a pretty niche, pretty niche subject. It really, it really is. I mean, the the only thing you could really ask was, you know, who wrote the screenplay, right? Of Planet of the Apes, the original. Yeah. No, who did? Rod Serling. Oh, it all comes back. Yeah, it all makes sense now. It's yeah. a, a fucking perfect ending. It's, oh, it's a Rod Serling ending. Rod Serling. But, uh, but Dana Gould, nobody picked him, so the producers came out and said, hey, nobody picked Dana, so why don't you just call on him and have him showboat a little bit, right? you know, show off. So, all right, cool. So uh, I said, hey, Dana Gould, nobody picked you, Planet of the Apes geek. Is there anything that you would, that you would, like, to, uh, that you would like to say? Anything, anything you'd like to, to get across? He goes, well, Blaine... I would like to say that uh, that uh, the Planet of the Apes was written by Rod Serling uh, from uh, from the Twilight Zone and uh, Dog Penis. <laughs> I just wanted to say Dog Penis. He he knows the secret of Dick Island. <laughs> Never leave Dog Dick Island. That's yeah. funny. One. Put some peanut butter on there, and I'll call you back in ten minutes. Ew. All right, all right. So thank you very much, I, Michael. I think I'm the only guy on at midnight that understood that you would lick peanut butter off dog. Dogs would lick peanut butter off your genitals, and people were shocked to learn that. What? That's a pretty common thing. That's uh, common knowledge. Yeah, yeah common uh, knowledge. Yeah. It's a, yeah. yeah. All right. You just don't want your dog's throat swelling up if he has an allergy. Oh, allergies. Yes. <laughs> all right. Now the next question comes in from friend of the show Timmy at the Timmy Toes. And he asks, what is the thing you most wish you could unsee? American Hustle. Okay. Is that David O. Russell? Yeah, it's a dog shit movie. Just yeah. absolute, just, just downright dog shit of a movie. <laughs> well, there you we go. Got, my wife and I got American Hustle as a screener, and we were looking forward to it because it's a great cast, and like, oh, this is going to be a lot of fun. And oh my God, like halfway through, we looked at each other like we were mad. how bad it was it was just fucking horrible if i could really unsee something when i was a kid uh there was a we went to visit my brother and uh there was a pond near where he lived i was walking around the pond 
and I heard this sound that sounded kind of like fizzing, and uh, there was something floating in the pond, and I kind of got a good look at it, and it was a dead possum covered in writhing maggots. Uh. Maggots were making that the the the, the squishy the sound. sound. Yeah, so I wish I could unsee that and unhear it. Yeah, that was a bad one. And so, yeah, just ew, just the crackling, just crackling, <laughs> wet wet mucus. And you know what? It's they were kind of cute. I don't want to get down under. They're just baby flies. Yeah, they just want to, they just want to eat a possum. That's right, and they're great for keeping wounds from being infected. They are. I mean, you know, shout out to maggots. Yeah. And then when they grow up, they help rid the curb of all the dog poo. Yeah, yeah, a lot of good stuff. A lot of good stuff from our friends. Friend. <laughs> the best. All right, the next question comes in from my cousin, the creator of the podcast theme. I'm talking Kyle Davidson at Kyle Davidson, Kyle I Davidson on Twitter, and he asks, "Any fun stories working on Mad TV? Slash, what sketch were you most surprised made it to air?" Huh. Huh. You know, uh, the only thing I can think of off the top of my head is I wrote a sketch where uh, Artie Lang is uh, a sports guy. He's like painted half blue and half yellow. <laughs> and, uh, uh, and he's sitting in the doctor's office. And Orlando Jones is the doctor. And uh, Artie goes, I don't know what it is, doc. Uh, I, I, try to, I, I, I try to talk. My throat hurts. You know, I try to take a shower. My towels are always weird colors and everything. <laughs> uh, I'm always hungover. I, 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 I don't know what's wrong with me. And uh, the doctor kind of, you know, like hits him in the knee with a hammer. And he, Defense! <laughs> and, uh, and then the doctor goes, uh, well, I don't know how to tell you this, Chuck. You're an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> it's a twist. And, yeah, it was. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, the... Uh, it was kind of like in and out and over really quick. And then there was a two or three week discussion about what we could have him say besides asshole. And I'm like, but that's the joke. If, if he, you know, I hate to say, don't know what to tell you, uh, Chuck, you're a sports fan. You know, it's, that's what everyone the, is expecting. And that's why it can't yeah, be the joke. Asshole. Yeah. So, uh, but they actually let us say asshole and that got on the air. I was very surprised. Oh, wow. Very surprised. I wrote another. I wrote another sketch. It didn't get on. I was kind of bummed. But it was a. Uh, it's just a couple. It was be like Nicole Sullivan and Brian Callen or something. They would be walking into a dark house having a marriage-ending argument. Just like I got an abortion. I'll get another one if you touch me again. Fuck you. You die. I wish I would have never married you. Then they turn the lights on and then all their friends stand up behind the couch and go, surprise. <laughs> Uh, but they didn't make that because uh, they wanted to do like another ten minutes after that the reveal. Uh, yeah, the joke is kind of like a, uh, everybody heard them screaming at each other, and now they're trying to have a party. Yeah, that's the joke. Yeah. Uh, oh, hey, can I tell you this one? This is yes. a here's a Mad TV story. Kiss did the the Halloween show one year, and I got to I was in charge of writing the Kiss show. <laughs> so uh, they would come in for rehearsals and stuff, and. Uh, uh, it was the original lineup too. So it's Peter Chris, Ace Fraley, uh, Paul Stanley, and Gene Simmons. And uh, Paul Stanley could not have been cooler. Super, super friendly and, and very, very outgoing. Uh, Ace Fraley, sort of a casualty, but nice enough. Peter Chris and I became friends. Hmm. And uh, uh, but uh, Gene Simmons just a fucking asshole. Whatever. <laughs> it, it, what you would expect him to be. Yeah. He was like, a, oh, okay, there's Gene Simmons. 
Uh, he didn't talk to you if you didn't have breasts. I mean, that's just the way he was. But uh, at the end of the – oh, when they put their costumes on, Stephen, they were like fucking nine <laughs> feet tall. They were yeah. like superheroes. They got insane. all platform shoes and stuff, right? They're just built yeah, into was, the costume. It was fucking – it was great. It was really cool. Uh, but then at the end of the of the taping, they uh, their, their publicists come out and they go, hey – don't ask him for pictures or autographs during the taping. Just if you have anything you want signed or any pictures or anything, leave it on this table. And they're very good. They'll sign everything. They're, they, they're very professional. So there's this giant mound of like scripts and pictures and albums and stuff. And, and uh, as they're all getting – leaving the show, they're all signing all this stuff. And I'm talking to Peter Chris. Like I said, we were friends. And uh, he's like, yeah, I had a great time. It was a lot of fun, everything. Yeah, I had a great time. Yeah, no, go doing the comedy. And, uh, <laughs> and he picks up this album to sign it, and it's Creatures of the Night. And it's an album that Peter Chris was not on. Mm. And uh, he goes, he just sort of, sort of stops, and he, looks, he goes, uh, I'm not even on this one. They don't even know. And then he, uh, uh, and he points at the drummer, and he goes, uh, dead of cancer. God bless him. And then he signs it, and he goes, uh, he looks at me and goes, I'm just a drummer. <laughs> oh, jeez. And it was great. It was really beautiful because he was like, I know what I am. I'm just a drummer. Nobody's going to know that Peter Chris signed this other album. And all I could think of was, that album is going to be worth so much fucking money. Shit. <laughs> Peter Chris signed, yeah, it's Peter Chris signing a Dead Guys picture. Wow. Yeah, that was really cool. They were really cool. That was really cool. It was fun. All right. Well, thank you very much, Kyle, for that question. Now we got a couple more questions. These are write-in questions from some comedy Nicks. So first, friend of the show, Nick Flanagan at The Flans. He asks, what separates good wordplay from bad wordplay? <laughs> uh, does it get a laugh at the end? No, that's very important. Uh I've always gone by the axiom, a pun is the lowest form of humor until you get to use it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, back in the old days, this is sort of a spelling thing. Uh, back in Baltimore, I worked uh, – I was on the, the staff of the Comedy Factory Outlet, which was a club. And they would have comedians be the staff in case a comedian didn't show up. They could just – we could take our jacket off and run on stage. So uh, Graham Chapman from Monty Python was doing a lecture tour back then, and he came through and he did a couple of shows. And the whole time I'm sitting – I'm like 22 years old or whatever, and I'm like, it's fucking Graham Chapman from the Monty Python. So I'm sitting there the whole time, and uh, it's just me and Graham outside in the lobby. And I'm looking at him like I got to ask him something. I don't know what to ask <laughs> him. And he looks at me like he knows that I want to ask him. So he, he says, would you like to ask me a question? And I said, yeah, uh, I'm a big fan of British comedy, but over here in America, people don't really get it sometimes. What's the difference between British comedy and American comedy? And he says, oh, the spelling. <laughs> you had that one ready to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like, oh, it's really true. It's the favorite has a U in it. Yep. That's about it. He had, he smoked so much, he had those yellow highlighter fingers. Oh, yeah. Dude, smoked a lot. Yikes. Anyway. Well, thank you. That's a great answer. And now we got a couple more. This one is from friend of the show, Nick Nemerov. And Nick asks, uh, what's up? <laughs> well, you know, uh, I think the, the marathon is uh, clearing out today. So my wife is going to go down to Long Beach with her sister for a party. 
So I think my uh, I'm going to take my son over to Five Guys. Oh, nice! That's a great it's afternoon a lining up. Yeah, the kid loves Five Guys. Those you get? get do you get, get the ones? Started on they curious just early? <laughs> they pour all the fries in the bag. Is that what they do? Oh yeah, that's and the then <laughs> When the bag, if the paper turns clear, it's your ticket to wait game. <laughs> your window to wait <laughs> yeah, game. Uh, yeah, I gotta, I gotta stop eating at, uh, stop eating at Five Guys every Sunday. It's the worst. I would like to mention, Stephen, that uh, that this interview is brought to you by Three Guys. Fuck those other two guys. <laughs> I was three just, guys. I was literally gonna make a joke about maybe you should just go to Three Guys. It's a little bit easier. Uh, all right, right next head and beyond. <laughs> Suck it, math. All right, now we got a question from the aforementioned Kimmy Monte. Ah, Kimmy. And she asks, who's the one person from Twitter that you would love to meet IRL and why? You know what? I'm going to go with Michael McKean. Michael McKean. Uh, uh, Michael McKean. I I mean, I'm old enough to have watched Happy Days and Laverne and Shirley and Blansky's Beauties when they were in prime time. And, uh, uh. Uh, when Michael McKean and David Land, when Lenny and Squiggy came in, it was always funny. And, yes. uh, I just remember he had a, he had a, he wanted to be a lone wolf and on the back of his jacket, he had embroidered one wolf. <laughs> uh, did you see the movie used cars with Kurt Russell? No, I have not seen that one. That's a great, it's a, it's a sleeper. It's underrated overlooked, but, uh, Michael McKean, David Lander in that. And, uh, He's also in Spinal Tap. He is. He is in Spinal Tap. He's in so many great things. He's in all the uh, those. Uh, he's in a lot of those improv movies uh, with all that crew, right? Oh, right, right. Um, oh, yeah, that one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he was also. There was also. Uh, I remember there was a Lenny and the Squigtones album that I saw at a comedian's house back in the nineties. I guess is like an old, like an old fifty style LP. And uh, he goes, check out the liner notes. And I open the liner notes, and it's. Uh, Nigel Tufnell and Derek St. Hubbins, but they're all like in uh, Yardbirds looking Beatles outfits holding their guitars. It was pre-Spinal Tap. Oh. But it's like those, those characters were around for a, for a long time. That's a great touch. Yeah, it's amazing. All right. Now we have one final question, and it comes to us from Blaine Kapatch from the hit TV show Beat the Geeks, and here's the question. First run episodes of Gunsmoke aired on television for how many years? Did you catch that? <laughs> my God, is that my voice? That Why was really you. sound like that on tape? That was you in your younger uh, days. Was it 12 seasons? Was that it? Let's see. How many years? Please lock in those questions. Well, what are they going to say? Paul, please reveal your answer. All right, we're guessing 12. 12? Correct response is 20. It was on for 20 years. Oh. That's a lot of gun smoke, ladies and gentlemen. That's a lot of gun smoke. That's a lot of gun smoke. It's great that you guessed the same as the, the guy. Yes. You think I would have learned, but I didn't learn. Clearly you knew the answer. <laughs> but. Yeah. Uh, hey, here's my, here's my Beat the Geeks name drop. Are you ready? Yes. Uh, it, was a, it was a delight to do the show, first of all. Uh, I got the job when I went into audition to replace Jimmy Kimmel on Win Ben Stein's Money. Right. And the producer saw me, and I just remember Ben Stein just kept saying, you're very thin, you're very slender, very thin <laughs> man, very slender. It's like, yeah, I wrote speeches for Nixon, you prick. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, every, before tape days, they would 
they kept the hosts sequestered from the writers because of all these game show laws. You're not allowed to know any of the answers ahead of time or anything. Uh, so the night before every taping, they would send a, a, a PA over with the script and I would sign for it. And then I would read the script and make sure I could pronounce everything, knew what the answers were and stuff. Uh, and then I would have to bring the script back and sign, sign it back. And then they would destroy it. It was amazing. But, uh, it was during the time of the, uh, the Robert Blake trial. Remember when he, he, uh, allegedly killed his wife Yeah. out of Vitello's, which is a great club in San, in, uh, uh, the San Fernando Valley. So I would, I would sit there and I'd watch the trial and, uh, uh, the PA would show up and bring the script and the PA was Bill Hader. Bill Hader of Saturday Night Live, yeah. Stefan Hader. himself. <laughs> And uh, the night before he left for New York, and he could not have been cooler. He was, I was always like, hey, come on in, have some tequila, smoke some pot. I'm watching Robert Blake try to defend himself. <laughs> like, yeah, I get but uh, he was a real goddamn sweetheart. And the night before he left for New York, uh, I saw him at UCB, and he said, hey, I want to thank you for being the only person that was nice to me on that show. Whoa. My pleasure. Wow. Yeah, yeah you guys, you got to uh, be nice. It brings us back to the original point. Don't be a dick. Yeah, don't be a dick. Don't be a dick. Be good in the room. Like it's it's like I, I do uh, I do the Lucha Vavoom, which is the Mexican wrestling and burlesque show. And the way that uh, the way that we whittle our wrestlers down is who are the guys that you want to be in a van with for five hours? Because those are the people you're going to be in a van with for five hours. Right. You don't have to work with people you don't want to be with. No, you don't. No. All right. Well, thank you very much. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm all over the place, Stephen. I loved it. Um, and so now we begin to wind it up and wrap it down. Uh, I was going to ask you about the Lucha Vavoom, uh, but you also host Roller Derby? What's that like? Oh, you know, I, I think the Roller Derby is kind of going into hiatus for a little while. They uh, they lost their space, mm. uh, but they're, they're go- they'll pop up again someplace else. But, but uh, the L.A. Derby Dolls, it's always fun. L.A. It's, Derby uh, like Dolls. In- indoor bank track, like actual like roller derby. It's amazing. When I was a kid, I would come home from church back when I used to go to church with my parents. And like, I just remember we, I'd turn on the TV and it would be roller derby in black and white. And I would take off the church clothes and put on my comfortable Mr. Rogers sweater. <laughs> so, so whenever I think of roller derby, I just think of the relief of not being in church. Fond memories. Yeah. So they'll be back soon. I guess. And if you're in, a, if you're in Los Angeles and you've never seen Lucha Vavoom, it's the only show that I do that I would actually tell you to go see. It's fantastic. The next one will be Cinco de Mayo. Uh, then we'll do one in August, and then we'll do uh, a couple of days in uh, for Halloween. Nice. And then Valentine's Day. But yeah, please come see it at, at the Mayan downtown. It's a, uh, it's a, a real L.A. thing. Yeah, so if you're yeah. an L.A. listener, get out there and check out some roller derby and some wrestling if you can. Yeah, please do. All right, well, final question. You're on Top Chef. What was that like? Top Chef? Yeah, right. Oh, oh, Top Chef came in. They did a uh, they did, did an episode of Lucha where I guess the the challenge was you have to make a what Mexican food for 150 people at a Lucha match or something. Right. And that was what's the guy's name? I can't remember the guy's name. Who's the guy's name? The, the, the chef. The Top Chef? The uh, the Top Chef, yeah. He's the uh, he's the Australian guy. Oh, don't tell my uh, sorry. Uh, anyway, that was it. Yeah, it's cooked for a bunch of stuff and just rustlers trying not to get thrown into the ceviche. <laughs> Great. All right. Well, Blaine, thank you so much for taking the time to come on to the little old podcast. Really oh, a great time. Thank you for having me. I, I love you on Twitter. You're you're so funny. Thank you and, very uh, much. Uh, this 
this is a, a good vibe. You're a good person. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Um, so now we will say our goodbyes as I play the theme again. So thank you very much. <laughs> and uh, yeah. Hey, uh, uh, love you, Canada. <laughs> yes, shout out. <laughs> Thanks, Blaine. Uh, I'll, see I'll see you with the Bovine Sex Club in about 10 minutes. Well, that's it. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode with Blaine. I did. So great. Legendary, even. Dick Island. All right, now follow at FOTS Pod and send a question for future guests because I love getting them and the answers are fun. Be sure to check out at Skinner Steven on Twitter for jokes and visit StevenWSkinner.com for all the old episodes or on Apple Podcasts. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a rating and review. Thank you to Ruby Coast for the music and thanks to Kyle I. Davidson for the theme. And thank you. So very much for listening. I am Stephen W. Skinner. Have a great one.